It's time to take a deep breath. Whether you're driving or sitting back relaxing, please welcome Lexi and Michelle. Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Breath Podcast. My name is Lexi, and I'm here with my friend Michelle. Hi, friends. I would love for us to start with our feet planted. So if you're driving, hopefully already down. If you are walking, if you're standing, doing the dishes or cooking up a meal, um, wherever you are, feel your feet planted. Ground yourself down. Breathe in. Breathe out. And we welcome you to this space with Michelle and I, where we're exploring practices playfully through our summer series of awe and wonder. We're going through the book called The Gift of Wonder by Christine Sign. She's a local. She's yeah. so neat. She lives here locally. She, well, she's not from here, but um, right. I think she would count herself now quite grounded here, uh-huh. to be punny. She's uh, in Seattle. Uh, Michelle gets to meet her later this month. Ooh. Yay! I'm so excited for that. Wish I could be there too. I'm loving this book, really, really enjoying it, and enjoying that we get to share it with you. So if you haven't been listening, no worries. Just jump in with us today. Mm-hmm. If you're enjoying it, go back and listen. We invite you to listen, and we invite you to get the book. We have a link to buy the book through, and these have been practices that have been perfect for the summer. Really Definitely. enjoyable, right? Yes, Definitely. Really great time to explore some fun ways mm-hmm. that maybe maybe you've never even considered meeting up with God mm-hmm. with. And the neat thing that Michelle pulled out a few weeks ago that I hadn't noticed right away was how well they pair with kids. Mm-hmm. So if you've got young kids and the summer is full of those adventures with them, and today uh, in particular, there's one um, later on, we'll bring up a practice that the kids will probably really enjoy too. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in. We're going to talk about chapters seven and eight today. So if you're um, in the book with us, chapter seven is remember we are earthlings. <laughs> Where <laughs> yeah. does she jump in with that, Michelle? Yeah. Um, well, talking about walking barefoot, I, I, I feel like that would have been fun as if she would have made that her spiritual practice for the chapter, I mean, she has a lot of spiritual practices in each yeah. chapter, but there's usually one at the end in case you don't have the book in front of you. That isn't like almost like an assignment, like, okay, practice now this go this week and do, and then go do it with community too. So walking barefoot is something that I've done on occasion. And I've heard people say that it was for one, very grounding for them, but also that it's almost something spiritual about your bare feet. I'm talking about your bare feet connecting with the earth so I love to walk a sandy beach but there's something really cool about going out on the grass when it's kind of dewy in the morning Mm -hmm. and it's sort of tingly and um, maybe even sometimes you step on something prickly but I mean it brings you alive because what Mm -hmm. happens at your feet kind of moves all up through the body and I found it I've been trying to do it almost every morning lately of course I'm not going to do that probably in the winter I'm just saying just maybe not but hey let us know if you do yeah I will (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to know if you get brave. And again, it's another childlike thing. It's, yeah, you know, my kids are always running barefoot. It's very childlike. Mm-hmm. Um, what was really neat was that as I'm reading this book, um, my family and I had gone down to Seaside, Oregon, where there's be- beaches are actually sandy. <laughs> yeah, they're not always Unlike sandy here. around here where we're at. <laughs> 
very nice sandy beaches. And of course, I kick off my shoes, which was actually really funny. So the place we were staying, though, had these retro pictures, which I loved. Mm. But a lot of the women in the pictures were in those like neat, like pinup girl swimsuits, but they had their shoes on. Oh. And I was like, and I, that was my reaction too. I'm like, what? Was that a cultural thing? I don't know. I'm actually really curious to see if that Uh was a cultural thing. And wonder what that was about you know if it was just the era or something you like that you research that and let us know i will let you know okay. so i but i yes i feel <laughs> anytime i show up at the beach of course i grew up on mm. one of the islands in the san juan Islands, so mm. i kick off my shoes immediately do i think of doing that necessarily anywhere else not not really but i like this idea and mm. i love the um it's not just an idea there's actually research behind the ways that us being out in nature right. affects our mental health and yep. our, let alone our spiritual health our brains yeah the whole thing it's supposed to make us healthier happier and smarter and as you probably know we're much more disconnected from nature lately mm-hmm. we're inside a lot so many screens yeah, yeah. so many screens yeah so um another thing this chapter addresses is god is the gardener and so uh, Lexi has mentioned before, she's not necessarily a gardener, but she wants to be. I try. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's not just a long, I really am. I'm a tried. wannabe. Right. <laughs> I have tried. And it's either a mix of like neglect and I forget to water them <laughs> or sometimes I overwater mm. thing. I don't know. Like I just haven't figured it out yet, but here's my takeaway so yeah. far. And okay. Michelle is, is a gardener um, and so is her husband. So they have a beautiful things and I've eaten from their garden um, chat her husband cans from the garden like oh so good so again an inspiration but I this is what I was thinking so if all of you out there that aren't gardeners maybe you're not even interested like you don't even want to hear it this was my takeaway so maybe this will bless you God is the gardener mm-hmm. I am not <laughs> I can follow instructions though I know that if I get a plant from a friend and they tell me how to take care of it, it's going to go okay, mm-hmm. usually. But I need Unless the instructions. Right, right. <laughs> but I'm getting better and better okay. at that, like with the instructions. If I have yes. the instructions, yeah. if I'm being taught. So in that real life, but also metaphor, like mm-hmm. God is the one who's the gardener. Mm-hmm. He's the one that created and put us in the garden, yeah. right? So... um but I love that your perspective is a little bit different. You are actually mm-hmm. partnering by you are you plant and you grow mm-hmm. and you cultivate. Yeah, and I wasn't always a gardener. I used to kill house plants. So there's really hope for all of us. Oh good. And I'm not really sure what made me mm-hmm. or turned me into a gardener. I started with flowers, just love flowers, so I planted those and then we slowly started to put in some garden beds and I experimented at first I was too scared to use seeds. So I'd mostly buy the starts and a lot of trial and error, you know, things die. And But uh, every year you get a little better and you learn some tips. I have a master gardener friend who teaches me so much. Mm. So whenever I have a question, I call, text her or whatever and say, what do I do about this? Is this normal? See, that's like metaphor yeah. right there, yeah. you know? like. Yep. But uh, here's mm. the thing. I, I've also been noticing this year in particular, I feel very connected to God when I'm gardening. I'm almost prayerfully, meditatively playing in the dirt, picking off dead things, you know, that need to go. Um, It just feels right to me. Like if I've got an extra hour, I am out in either my flower bed or my garden, vegetable garden, and I'm just pruning, Mm -hmm. weeding, 
day. I love the season when you actually get to plant and the first couple of weeks when I start to see everything come up. Like right now, we just had a heat wave and I'm very worried about all of my stuff. But tomatoes are turning red just oh, barely. Yeah. We picked one last night yeah. and had one blueberry fast. last night. What? <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. So, I yeah. mean, that just makes me excited and it yeah. makes me feel like I am part mm-hmm. in sync with God's creation, I think. Right. Nothing better than eating fresh veggies Seriously. from the garden as well. And it does lend itself again, to this practice of community. Right. Because when I've got an extra crop of rhubarb or zucchini, I'm running to my neighbors it. and mm-hmm. sharing and vice versa. That. They'll call me and they say, I got extra lettuce you want. I'm like, yeah, I'll trade you some beets for your lettuce. Mm. Oh my gosh. I yeah. love that so much. <laughs> and um, what encourages me there is the, the, oh, maybe my failures are very normal and yes. I just need to keep going. Yeah, so, it is. Thank you for that. And what that lends itself to rolls into um, is the practice that she mentions about um, Lectio Tierra. Is that what, yeah. how you would say that? I think so. Yeah. I, I really like this one and haven't gotten a chance to really do it with intention. Though I would say I do it without... Um, you know, going outside and like, this is what I'm going to do now. Right, right. So like Lectio Divina, Lectio Tierra begins with a reading. And then you head into God's creation with the deliberate intention of reading, quote unquote, um, where God is present and what God is saying. And here's the question that she asks, her great questions that she asks throughout this book. What might God use to catch my eye and draw me closer? Mm-hmm. It's a good place to begin. And then from there, it's paying attention and reflecting, discerning, letting your eye be drawn. Where it may, Maybe it's an oak tree or a leaf falling off a tree or the sound of water trickling down. The, so using your senses. Mm-hmm. And stop, look, and listen. Not forcing a revelation, but waiting in the silence for God to nudge you in a definite direction. And what's the story that you discern? What might it speak to me of God? Mm. And just continuing from there, very similar again to Lectio Divina is to meditate and then maybe pray. And um, well, one of my favorite things would be to to journal, but Mm -hmm. then also maybe draw or sketch and contemplate. Yeah. So it's using God's creation to draw in closer to him. Yeah. This one was kind of new to me. Uh, well, I, it is new. Mm-hmm. It's similar in a little way to Lectio Visio. It is, isn't or it? Or Visio Divina. No, right. Visio Divina. Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Very similar. Um, one thing that just struck me while you're reading uh, about that, Lexi, is that so many practices – and maybe that's why they're called practices, are all about stopping. You can't, you really can't multitask when you're doing a practice. And it, maybe that's where the spiritual part comes in because you got to be fully in. Yeah. And a lot of these that we've been talking about over the past weeks have to do with taking a pause. And sometimes it's not very long, right. but long enough to be aware. And that awareness then gives you a sense of where God is. And that I think that's really cool. Just want to point out. Well, yeah. I mean, I really loved this thought of there's the big book, mm-hmm. the Bible, where 
um, you read about God and you learn about him. Mm -hmm. Um, but in considering nature being another book to learn about him, to experience him there. So looking at both and that's right where I'm at actually. Mm -hmm. When, when I talk about this being real time for me, this is, that's what's real time for me is, is exploring in a childlike way. Mm-hmm. And this is to consider knowing him through the word mm-hmm. and knowing him through his creation. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, she says to listen to the one without the other is to only half listen. Actually, that's a quote from a Celtic Philip Newell. Mm. And then she, but she, uh, Christine says, I read about the story of God in the Bible, but in nature I experience it. Ah, uh, Yes. And so she said, all gardens are living parables, life, death, and resurrection lived out daily. It teaches us so much Mm -hmm. if we stop and Mm -hmm. we engage with nature. Right. And then that rolls into the next chapter. Chapter eight is return to the rhythm of life. So if, yeah, if we're, if we're in nature and experiencing nature, fairly obvious, and of course, in certain areas of um, the world, you're going to notice changes in season Mm -hmm. and those things happen every year Mm -hmm. right now there's more sun where we live lots of green lots of color Mm -hmm. but that will start to shift because we have all these things that have leaves in the fall those are going to start to change color Mm -hmm. um then those will fall and then in the the winter things are bare it's Mm -hmm. darker etc right we know that rhythm Mm -hmm. so what she is inviting us to in chapter eight is to what if we paced ourselves along with Mm -hmm. that that rhythm of nature yeah i think her first line of this chapter is so amazing imagine what our lives would be like if they flowed to the rhythm god intends for us i was like boom okay with the rhythm he intends Uh okay so what you're saying christine (laughs) is that maybe the rhythm i think I have or should have or do have or the world around me has mm-hmm. might not be the same that God has. It really is mm-hmm. stopped me in my tracks to like, hmm, okay, well, uh, yeah, what's that rhythm then, God? I'm curious. <laughs> and a lot of people follow and have been kind of there's a reemergence of looking at the church calendar as a rhythm as well. I've only just read a little bit about this, delved in it just a tiny bit, but I think there's something to be said for the way the church calendar is also lined up with nature's rhythm. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole nother subject. We're not going there today, but I throw it out there. Not today. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll come back to it because I think both Michelle and I are both very curious about the church calendar. Yeah. Yeah. And I know not some of our listeners followed. are as well. Yeah, it's not something we followed along so far. So, yeah, one of our questions on 113, oh, 113, in case you have the book in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> some are right. looking. Some of those students. <laughs> some are studying right with us, <laughs> holding their book open. How does God want us to prepare for the winter blast that inevitably, inevitably come to our lives? Um, mm. She has a really, I can't, I'm not going to go into detail, but it's really was fascinating how trees actually have a built-in mechanism to prepare them for winter and the leaves the leaves falling off the trees is part of it and she talks about maple syrup and how that's like part Mm -hmm. of a tree's ebb and flow in a natural rhythm it's fascinating she offers the making of pancakes 
practice. <laughs> to eat that maple syrup. Like the real stuff. Okay? I'll probably not, have to do that one. Not Butterworth. Have to do that, that practice. stuff that's not actually real syrup. No, real yeah, syrup. Real maple syrup. Not And I loved that. Aunt Jemima. And it's, just, it's of Aunt Jemima. That's what it is. Sorry, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, the real stuff. And I, and it was one of those things that made me smile because the whole book is like that. Where, yeah. Yeah. Can this be a spiritual practice? Yeah, because what I am right now ingesting mm. is making me give thanks to the God who is so creative to make the trees do what yeah. they do, and then I get this sweet, beautiful stuff yeah. coming it's, out of a tree. It's now like on my honey, pancakes. the way honey comes. I mean, mm. it's a miracle, it's really. A, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's another reason to give God praise. Mm. Well, yeah, that's a spiritual practice then. Yeah. Yeah, I um I loved that and what that made me consider with the trees and the preparing for the winter. That made me think of the one of my favorite words that I use for myself and my family is margin. Yeah. To not live into my margins. Um that has a, that lends itself to talking about pace too mm-hmm. is I don't want to live in fear or scarcity that what's around the corner you know, being yeah. afraid, but it, there is wisdom to not live out into the margins where everything is filled up and I have no space for mm-hmm. what ifs or I think worst case would be like emergencies. I have no space for emergencies, but even just good things. I have right. no space for even the good things to come in. Yeah, That's what spoke to me. That's how I framed it mm-hmm. for my life is like, yes, this is important to leave space around my mm-hmm. edges for me and even even mm-hmm. my kids so that they're not booked out too full, you know. Yeah, even the question of just like that we discussed at the beginning of this chapter was the the way he intends us to have rhythm. I've pretty much most of my life lived without margins and I don't like it. It didn't like it because it was living contrary mm-hmm. to God's rhythm, like not keeping a Sabbath. Yeah. The reason that's harmful is it goes against the way God set things out. We, our bodies, our minds, our spirits need the day of rest. So everything about nature cycles, everything yeah. about it has a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And in nature, they rest. Like right yes. in the winter, it's rest. Yeah. Birds need to rest every now and then. Grass, if it's trampled too much, dies. Mm, that's right. Everything needs rest. So. Everything needs rest. That's right. Yeah. And, and right then, now we're in summer. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, that, that question is fun since we're in summer, if you're listening in summer. <laughs> it says, what fun things am I planning for the summer that might connect me to Jesus and bring joy to my soul? Now, there's things you can do in summer that you can't do in winter. and so, Plenty around here. Yeah. We kind of talked about that. Love in, you, Washington. In that episode that, gosh, it's a very popular episode, you guys, the one about what are you wearying yourself yeah. out with. We talked about, okay, summer is is not necessarily restful, but it can be really fun. So choose carefully what you weary yourself out on. That's um, a few episodes back. Um, so just think about what, what fun things do you want to put in your summer while well, there's still some summer left, but yep. how that might look like a spiritual practice. Like we talked about how I like to paddleboard. I connect with God that way. Yeah. But there's other things, like I said, gardening. Like just a lot of time in the garden mm-hmm. is spiritual practice to me is being with God. And I'm seeing mine as, as you guys have probably picked up as this is a revelation for me to be a kid, like mm. enter into that childlikeness is yeah. into play is to play and play with my kids, mm-hmm. but also play with friends that don't want to want to also go out and play. 
Um, those I'm doing on purpose. And, and I'm tired. I actually am mm-hmm. tired, but I don't feel worn out. I'm different type. Different kind of tired. It's called, um, we had a physical therapist once call it positively tired. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're, you're tired at the end of the day. You're ready to go to bed. That's the natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. Every night you go to bed. Yeah. Positively tired. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel that I'm not like mm-hmm. unplugged yeah. from things. I'm not sitting on my rear end. I'm actually quite active, but it's positively tired. I'm really enjoying yeah. sunshine and play with my kids and my friends. Mm-hmm. Restorative practices are different in the summer. There it is. Than the winter. That's yeah. right. Um, so her practice, another practice that she mentions in chapter eight is just a practice of getting some leaves. Great one to do with your kids. Really yeah. fun. Go out, pick a bunch of leaves together, then start to look at them and decorate them. Like I actually thought about putting glitter on my leaves and make, but instead, yeah. But I didn't, but I didn't because it was too messy. So instead I took some like kind of crayon markery things and I did the rub, you know, where you put them on the veins and then I rubbed that into my journal and created like a little picture from them. And I just kind of looked at them a little bit and what came to me, it wasn't like this deep, oh, was just that, hmm, these leaves are very unique. God mm. is very creative yeah. and he creates unique things. And so that was the practice from that book. And I just think it'd be really fun to do as a group, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. And see everybody's leaf creations. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's chapter seven and eight. We're moving through this lovely book, you guys. We're talking about the gift of wonder. Hope you can join with us. In closing, I will read a poem that Christine has at the beginning of every chapter. This one called course return to the rhythm of life from chapter eight faithful god god of rhythm and balance creator of all times and seasons fill us with the flow of life rest work and enjoyment caring god god of fun and festivity creator of all that is good and beautiful surround us with your delight laughter and play and fun Generous God, God of life and love, creator of all that is, all that was, and all that will be, enrich us with your joy. May we dance with the angels and shout with the children. May we sing with all creation of the wonder of God's love. Thanks, friends. Bye, Lexi. Bye, Michelle. Bye, Bye, friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on your favorite social media platform, subscribe to listen in next time, and don't forget to take a deep breath.